Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. And so I'm real uh, excited and honored, though. We have a real brother who is uh, really a mishpacha, um, because he came, he and his family came from Bethel, and we uh, sent them with our blessings to take over the leadership of Congregation Beth Judah in Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, and so he is very much of an alumni and still mishpacha, no doubt, he and his family. And we absolutely love uh, Dr. Bruce, for sure, and Glenda. And, uh, and that congregation on there has done very well. Of course, he's, he's, he's very uh, educated and acclaimed and well-trained and a scholar. But more than that, he's our friend and is our brother. And, and he's someone that we can really learn from. I love to listen to Dr. Bruce teach, but think about that. He led his services on Yom Kippur Wednesday and Thursday, and then he drove up here today uh, for for this service, and so pretty amazing, uh, and so I'm grateful to him for his sacrifice for the Lord and for all of us, and so he's mishpacha. Let's give him a big Bethlehem welcome home, Dr. Bruce Tucker. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. It is so good to be home. How are you doing? Wow, it's been like a, what have you guys been doing for the last year and a half? <laughs> it is such a wonderful joy to be back home. I've waited for this. Uh, what, a, what a great crowd in this place tonight. Why do I say that? Because for six months I preached to a camera. <laughs> and when I get more than one person together, my wife and the cat, it is just, it's a great crowd to me. So it is good to see so many folks in here tonight. What a great blessing that we have to come together and study His Word. Uh, thank the Lord for all of His goodness to us. Thanks to Rabbi Kevin for inviting me just to be home again. Uh, I look out and I see the faces. and Those of you who have stayed faithful to serving through all of this, mazel tov. You know, I have said that this has been a winnowing, it has been a purifying, it's been wind blowing the chaff away, and those of you who have stayed strong and continued to contribute, not just watch, but contribute all along the way, may God bless you a thousand times for your commitment. I really do appreciate that and mean that. And it is so good to hear Gabba up here, just wailing away on the strings again. I was hoping I'd get to hear him tonight, and it's my blessing. It is so, so good to be home. Let's open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Our Pasha for this week is Ha'azinu, and as I was reading it, 
there was really an approach to where we are tonight that helps us make sense of some of the difficulty that we've been going through in the past year and a half. Hazino means give ear. Give ear. And this verb is most of the time used when talking especially to a group of people. We've been taking a look at the agricultural cycles of God's Word. You know, God has a calendar. He likes to keep it. And we are blessed when we follow Him in His calendar. So that's why the uh, high holy days and all the things that we are doing are so important because the calendar is still God's way of teaching the world what is going on and what's happening in the world. I want to ask a question tonight. How do we sprout up and blossom in a new year of blessings, God's blessings? That's what this whole thing is about tonight, blessings. How do we sprout up? How do we blossom in a new year of God's blessings when we feel like we're kind of in an environment where we're just trying to hold on to the best that we have? Why is it so important to ask this question? Personally and corporately, how does each of us sprout up this year? God never called us to hold on. God always calls us to grow up. How do we sprout up? How do we get higher this year? How do we blossom in a new year of God's blessings? And the people of God look at this new year as just that. God is going to give us new blessings this year. Rather than looking at the things that might happen, how about if we talk about the things that will happen and God says in the Amidah, one of the blessings that He gives us is, Praised are you, O Lord, who blesses the years. Every year has us moving on. We have to know the difference then between those who make it and those who don't. Where the people are is they're about to cross over in the Parsha into a land flowing with milk and honey something they, they've never had before. In fact, that's the whole purpose of the book of Deuteronomy, is to teach a people who have lived in a wilderness how to sprout up and blossom in a place where there's more than they've ever dreamed of having. How do we stay faithful in that? So God takes this last month before they cross over into the promised land to say, this is how we stay faithful in such blessings. We have to realize that we've been going through difficult times, and yet this is a part of God's teaching. This is what we've been through for the last year and a half. Uh, all of us rabbis, all of us who are serving, we're kind of like that young man who wanted to become an expert car mechanic. I'm sorry, automobile mechanic. He wanted to be an expert automobile mechanic, so he found the best mechanic he could find and say, teach me everything you know. He says, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to do it when it's easy, and you're going to have to do it when it's not easy. And the guy said, yeah, I'll do it. So for six months, he worked with a master mechanic. At the end of the six months, it was time for an exam, and he took the young student out in a car, and he said, okay, we're going to go take this test, and we're going to ask you, I'm going to ask you three questions. And depending on your answer to these three questions is whether or not you qualify to go on to the next stage of car mechanics. And he said, I want you to drive. I'm going to get in the passenger seat, and I'm going to ask you questions. So they start going down the road. 
the fellow's uh, going along and he says, I want us to test out the horn. He said, when I say, blow the horn, blow the horn, and then I want you to tell me whether it's working. They go down the road, blow the horn, blows the horn. Is it working? Yes, it's working. Good, you passed question one. I want us to take a look at question two. We're going to go down the road. When I say, slam on the brakes, I want you to slam on the brakes, and I'm going to ask you if it's working. They go down the road. He says, slam on the brakes. The student slams on the brakes, and the guy says, is it working? He said, yes, it's working. Wow, two out of three. Got to get three out of three. Goes down the road. He says, now we're going to try out the directional signals. We're going to get to a stop sign. I'm going to tell you to turn on the right-hand directional signal so I can see it, and then I'm going to ask you if it's working. Goes down the road. He says, turn on the directional signal. Is it working? Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Well, it's kind of how it's felt for the past year and a half. I have started and stopped and started so many things that I don't know what's working anymore. I think the best message I've heard in the last two years was the one that your rabbi preached to himself a few weeks ago called, How Long, O Lord? I've listened to it 72 times, just trying to figure out how we're going to get into this new year. What God tells us in this new year is that I've got some things for you to experience, and you must see yourselves as living within an environment of blessings. Wasn't Yom Kippur fasting just an amazing experience when we identified with those in the world who couldn't, after sundown last night, they couldn't go and open a refrigerator and eat all they wanted, and all of it, probably, some of us did. They couldn't do that last night. God wants us to begin to see ourselves as living in an environment of blessings. And so Israel is in view of the promised land, and Moses sings his last song. And he's ready to give his last speech. This is what he hands on at the moment. And so that's why we go to chapter 32, verse 1, and we read the first verse, and I'm reading from the Tree of Life version. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. Let the earth hear the words of my mouth. The key to Moses' legacy is in that one verse. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. Let the earth hear the words of my mouth. And what Moses gives us here is a way of looking at the ups and downs and ins and outs and this ways and that ways of life that we're living in. Because he wants us to know that we sprout up toward heaven and we blossom on the earth. And our lives are a constant rhythm of knowing how and when to navigate both blossoming up toward heaven, uh, sprouting up toward heaven, and blossoming upon the earth. Those who make it know how to do both. Some people sprout so high up into heaven, they're like Jack's beanstalk. And they get their head above the clouds, and they never really do understand that the most important witness we have is how we blossom on earth. 
Then there are some people who become so engrossed in the things of the earth, they become so engrossed sometimes in good things that they carry the weight and the burden of earthly living, and they never really do know how to reach up toward heaven's blessings. So in Moses' last song, he begins to speak to us. How do we do this? How do we live lives where we sprout up toward heaven, but we also blossom on earth? How do we do this? we got to remember a couple of things in making it. The first thing is that we always have to remember that we have new potential, and this year is another opportunity to reach that potential. Look at verse 2. May my teaching trickle like rain, my speech distill like dew. Like gentle rain on new grass, like showers on tender plants. For I will proclaim Adonai's name and ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, blameless, is his work. Indeed, all his ways are just. God of faithfulness without iniquity, righteous and upright is he. We have new potential. Why? Because it does not begin with us. Our ability to sprout up toward heaven this year does not begin with us. It doesn't begin with our heart. It doesn't begin with our mind. It doesn't begin with our spirit. It doesn't begin with our body. If we depend upon our own self for having a belief in our new potential this year, then we are missing out on what God really wants to do in a new season, in a new land. We have new potential. You have new potential this year. You've always had it. It's a matter of staying in touch with that potential. And it's a matter of seeing every year, praised are you, O Lord, who blesses the years. In fact, let's just do that Amidah blessing tonight. We don't do it usually in the liturgy for the Shabbat because the Amidah, Amidah is especially constructed during the Shabbat. But every day of the week is this blessing. Praised, just repeat after me. Praised are you, O Lord. Who blesses the years. You know, for some folks, that's the first positive thing they've said about this coming year, right there. Here we go. This is the way we start. Praised are you, O Lord, who blesses the years. We have new potential. Yet, at the same time, on the other hand, we have an old problem. Let's look at verse 5. Did it corrupt him, speaking of God? No. The blemish is his children, a generation crooked and twisted. Is this how you pay back Adonai, O foolish, unwise people? Isn't Adonai your father who ransomed you? He made you. He established you. Remember the days of old. Remember the days of antiquity. Understand the years across the generations. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will say to you what's been going on. We have an old problem that there are people in generations and there are whole generations that don't live up to potential. Why do they not blossom on earth and live up to their potential on earth? Because they've lost touch with the God of heaven. And in this last song that Moses gives, before he passes away on a mountaintop just to go to another mountaintop, 
When Moses sings this last song, he said, I want you to understand that life is always going to be looking up toward heaven and learning how to walk here on this earth. This world is always going to be navigating the blessings and curses of a world that is still between God's kingdom and the earth's kingdom. Life is always going to be a time for this and a time for that. God is saying to us here tonight that we must learn how to adapt and change our thinking about who we are and what we are, if we're getting to the place where we're expecting perfection in our lives on earth, we're going to continually miss out on the blessings and potential that He has for us. At the same time, if we continually walk with such a desire for a spiritual perfection, then we're going to lose the sense of the mission that he's given us upon this earth for tikkun olam, to heal the world. That's what Jewish synagogues do. It's what we do. We heal the world. So how do we learn to live in this tension? Has anybody had any tension over the last year and a half? Wow. Usually I'll make a little joke, say, say Leah, about three of you, but almost everybody in here raised your hand. We're all on the same page with this tonight. But what happened with Israel, even though they went into a land, even though they were living in a land, even though they were living in a land, is that your son, Jesus? Oh, my word. When did you grow old? This is like Fiddler on the Roof right here in front of me. What is going on here? We learned that life is staying young and growing old. I'm not saying anything about Maria. Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. Oh, my goodness. Life is this constant living within a tension. But those who know how to experience the tension yet reach up toward heaven are the ones who can live in the tension long enough to become a witness on earth. And let us say, Amen. It's what we have to do. The problem is that Israel stopped listening to the Father of heaven. And they lost their ability to blossom on earth. And the whole rest of the Parsha is the tragedy of not learning how to do both. Have a heart toward heaven and have a hand on earth. And people who are wise and people who are emotionally mature learn how to live within this constant rhythm of life. And if the Jewish lifestyle is anything, it's learning how to live within these rhythms that God has for us. So he begins to speak to us again. But you know, God still has a plan for Israel. Michael read about this tonight. It was amazing that Michael read this when he read uh, the Brit Hadashah. God still has a plan. Look at verse 19. I want to touch on this for just a moment because I want us to have a sense of the credibility of what we're doing tonight and why we're here as a Messianic synagogue. God still has a plan, and that's why what, what we're doing here at Beth Hillel is so important. Verse 19, it says, Adonai saw Israel. And he spurned his sons and his daughters out of vexation. He said, I will hide my face from them. I want to see their hereafter. For they are an upside-down generation. I love that phrase. 
They are an upside-down generation. They are children with no faithfulness in them. That generation made me jealous with a non-God. They vexed me with airy idols, so I will make them jealous with a non-people. Now, a better translation of non-people is the people who are not this people. What the Lord is saying to Israel and to the nations and to us is that this is the very beginning of Romans chapter 11. He says to Israel, Israel walked away from me, so I'm going to make Israel envious by the people who are not my people, by a nation that's not my nation. And all throughout Scripture becomes this thread of credibility where God continually says, I'm going to do this constant distinction between Israel and the nations, and the day is going to come when the nations are going to want what Israel has and begin to hunger and yearn after Israel, and the Jews themselves are going to want what the non-Jews are doing. And here we are. Hosea the prophet says, I will call those who are not my people, my people. And that's where he goes after Israel again and brings them back. And then we get to Romans chapter 11, where the Lord says, this is what the last days are going to look like. The last days are going to look like the nations who are not Israel are going to be doing the things of Israel They're going to be living a Jewish lifestyle and worshiping in a Jewish synagogue. And the day is going to come when that's going to happen so much that the Jewish people as a whole are going to say, what is going on here? I don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know the details, but we sure know the promise. So we keep on doing what we're doing as God leads us year by year. That's the credibility of the Bible. Listen, the Bible can stand on its own. We don't have to argue about the credibility of the Bible. The credibility of the Bible stands on its own. And when we really begin reading the Bible, do you know that more Jewish people come to the Lord by simply reading the Bible for themselves rather than other people reading it for them? And the Bible has a credibility of promises that we are now a part of its fulfillment. Isn't that powerful? So now we come to this place tonight where we have a planned appointment. God's brought us to this place. You've been faithful. You've come for Rosh Hashanah. You've been here for Yom Kippur. And now God has another planned appointment for us that we've come through these things. Let's go to verse 36. That's what we've just been through. For Adonai will judge his people for his servants. He will relent when he sees their strength is gone. Wow. You know when this great response of Israel to the followers of Yeshua in a synagogue is going to happen? It's going to come at a moment in time when Israel's strength is gone, and they know it. 
No one is left, slave or free. He will say, where are their gods, the rock they took refuge in, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their libation. Let them rise up and help you, and let them be a shelter over you. You've been looking for another shelter. You've been looking for another sukkah. But see now that I, I am he. There are no other gods besides me. There is no other sukkah than God himself. And that's why the appointment that we're going to have in just a few days, when Beth Hillel gathers together for this feast of Sukkot, that's why this feast is so important for Beth Hillel and Beth Judah and all of us together. Because it is at the feast of Sukkot that Zechariah 14 will come to pass when Messiah comes and he sets up his kingdom every year on the feast of Sukkot, the feast of tabernacles, all nations are going to come up to Jerusalem and worship the Lord. During Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the judge called us to judgment in his courtroom. He, he called us to judgment in his courtroom, both about our blossoming up toward heaven, have I keep, been keeping my eyes and my ears toward heaven? And I've, have I been blossoming on earth? Have I been finding a way to make earth work by his word and by his blessings? God is with us. And he's guiding us tonight. And this moment is a holy moment. This Shabbat between Yom Kippur and Sukkot is such an important Shabbat because he says, after all you've been through, I'm about to completely fill you with joy. That's why we're walking this way. Not only do we have a a new potential and an old problem and a planned appointment. But we also, in verse 44, we have a promise for success. <laughs> and this is now Moses' last speech. He sung his last song, and now he has his last speech. If people were to hear me sing my last song, they'd never hang around for the speech. <laughs> Moses must have had a good voice. In verse 44, he says that then Moses came and he spoke all the words of this song in the ears of the people, he and Joshua, the son of Nun, the next generation. That's important, that young Joshua sang this song with him. And when Moses finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, put in your hats all the words that I call as witness against you today, that you may command your children to keep and to do all the words of this Torah. For it is not an empty thing for you, this Torah, because the Torah is your life. It is your life. By this word, everybody say the word, word. By this word, you will prolong your days on the land which you are crossing over the Jordan to possess. The word becomes the way that we keep our blossoming, our sprouting up toward heaven and our, blo our blossoming on earth. It's the word, the word, the word. We have a promise of success 
Sukkot promises the blessings of God through all of our lives. And Simchat Torah, the joy of the Torah, says that we're ready for a new year. How are we going to begin this new year? We're beginning this new year with a brand new reading of God's Word designed especially for this year. We, we've been asking these four questions. Am I in the book of life? Yeshua promises to put our names in the book of life forever. It doesn't have to be a yearly thing. Am I in the book of life by believing in Yeshua? But for those of us who believe in Yeshua, why do we go through these 10 days of awe again? Because God wants us to write a new chapter every year in our lives. The 10 days of awe are like an orientation for a new year on the job or an orientation for a new year at school. If you wait until after the orientation to begin listening to God, you've already missed out on the 10 best days of the year to know what God wants to speak to us in our lives. What's going to be the next chapter of your life? Have you started thinking about it? Have you started praying about it? Have you started saying, Lord, I want this year, this is the next chapter I want to write for you. Show me how to write it. Am I sprouting up toward heaven? Is heaven becoming more of a reality for me? Am I blossoming on earth? Am I becoming more and more urgent about those that the Lord wants me to reach in the way that he's called me to reach them? Do I really understand the mission that he's given to me on earth? What's the next chapter of our lives going to be like? And then God brings them to a day. And here's that day in verse 48. On that very day, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, Go up on this mountain of the Avarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab facing Jericho, and see the land of Canaan, Canaan, which I am giving to B'nai Israel as a possession. On the mountain that you are ascending, Moses, there be gathered to your people, as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. And this last speech and this last song is Moses' legacy to the next generation. Ultimately, that's what he was after. What is our legacy for the next generation? Blessings upon you who have stayed faithful to listening to the voice of God for the last 18 months. Not getting caught up in the talking heads, not getting caught up primarily in the politicians, not getting caught up in whatever is happening out there. Blessings upon you who have found that the last 18 months have been your best months of growing in God's Word. Moses' last song and last speech intends to teach us all how to live in a life that's been like the last 18 months, why is it so important? Because it's not going to get easier. The last 18 months are kindergarten compared to what is coming ahead in the tensions of the world. But guess what? The tensions of the world provide us with our greatest opportunity for the voice of God and the joy of the Spirit.
That's exactly what David said. That's why the half Torah in, for this week in 2 Samuel verse 22, just like Moses' generation, this is David's last song. This is David's last speech. And what does he say? The very last thing that he says in verse 1 of chapter 22, David spoke to Adonai the words of this song. I just love that. He's not speaking this out to everybody. Um, what David is doing here is speaking directly to the Lord. What do you want your last words to Adonai to be that you've walked on this earth to give him? Begin to prepare for that. May this year be a preparation for the last words you're going to speak of Moses to the people, but also like David to God. What are the things that you want to say to him? David spoke to Adonai the words of this song. In the day that Adonai delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, he said to Adonai, Adonai is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock. In him I take refuge, my shield, my horn of salvation, my stronghold and my refuge. My Savior, you save me from violence. Let's go to verse 10, because in verse 10, he tells us what salvation really is. A lot of people talk about being saved, about getting saved. And the focus is on something, getting saved from something of the past. But verse 10, David says, Adonai was my support. He brought me out to a wide open place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The very concept of salvation in the Hebrew mindset is wide open places. He doesn't simply bring us in to sit us down. He brings us out from where we've been to enter into the wide open places of life. Do you see your life as having another wide open place? A wide open place that you're excited about. Do we see this year Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, you do the urgency in our hearts. Do you see this next year as an excited, exciting, wide open space for you to live? To grow to your potential, to come to the place where no matter what we're experiencing, that I look at this life and saying, praised are you, O Lord, who blesses the years. May that be the blessing you walk out of here with tonight. As all of us gather together, as we gather together online, as we, wherever we are today, let's let that blessing of the Amidah be what guides us to Sukkot. Praise to you, O Lord, who blesses the years. And then when we walk into this service on Monday night, when we walk into Sukkot, Sukkot is meant to be the Shabbat of blessings over us. And we move forward together. Salvation blossoms. We're so excited about our lives because when we're in touch with God's word, we hear God saying, you will never find yourself in a closed door where I do not open a door for you to go out of. What a wonderful way to live. And then in verse 51, in this half Torah, David sprouts up toward heaven. In verse 51, he says, He is a tower of wide open places, hallelujah, to his king. 
He is a tower of salvation to his king. He shows loyal love to his anointed, to David and his seed forever. Because we're open to the Lord, we blossom on earth. God does some amazing things for us. God has done some amazing things for us at Beth Judah. This, these past few years have been Beth Judah's time, as I believe every synagogue has. Beth Judah's time to have a ministry with Jewish people who do not know him. We have so many people at Beth Hillel who grew up in Jewish homes, and they finally come to a place where they know that this is the place of the Lord. And so the executive director of the Jewish Federation, who's been a great friend of Congregation Beth Judah for the past nine years that I've been there now, recently passed away. The president of the Jewish Federation began to bless me about a, two weeks ago after she passed away. I got this delivery from Marvin, and he said it came out of Gloria's office, the executive director. He sent me a set of holiday sidereen. And then he sent another one this past week. And he started taking things from her office and sending them to Congregation Beth Judah because he realizes that in our midst is a wide open place and they love to be where we are. You know, there's something about praising God. The most Jewish thing we do is praise God. That's what Judaism means, praising God. That's what a Jew is, a person who praises God. It's not a person who does things first. It's a person who praises God first. And that's why the Hallel is so important for us during our holy days. Psalms 113 to 118 are the Hallel of praise for the holy days. Psalm 113 says that God is the one who comes to us. He's the one who blesses us. And then he says, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of Adonai is to be praised. In Psalm 114, he says, Judah, praise becomes his sanctuary. Israel, the place of struggle, becomes his dominion, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of living water. Psalm 115 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory forever and ever because of your love and faithfulness. Psalm 116 says, Return to your rest, O my soul. For God has been good to you. You have delivered my soul from death, my feet from stumbling, and my eyes from tears. Do you feel the praise beginning to rise up? That's what God is calling us to do. Psalm 117 then begins to grow upon Deuteronomy 32 and Hosea chapter 2 and Romans chapter 11 because it says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. For great is his hesed, his love toward us, and his emet, his truth, his faithfulness endures forever. We are living the fulfilling of God's promises right here in this synagogue tonight. Wow. Jews and the nations come together to sing and to follow the one who died and rose again that we may live. How does one follow Yeshua? It is very simple. I say with my mouth, I confess you as my leader, my Lord, and I trust my heart to you to raise me from the dead. And that's the person who enters the book of life in the kingdom of God forever. 
And then finally, Psalm 118 says, Hodu Ladonai Kito, Ki Leolam Hazdo. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His love endures forever. It was a long ride today, but I feel like I could ride it again right now. Amen. The Torah, the prophets, and the writings always lead us to Messiah, Yeshua. That's what He said, and it's what we do. So how does Yeshua as Messiah fit into all of this. Yeshua upholds, fulfills, and continues to complete this Torah of a life that sprouts up toward heaven and blossoms upon the face of the earth. And the first thing that we find out is that now in this point in time where we're living in this tension between heaven and earth, we are like the, 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 uh, the meeting place of heaven and earth upon this earth, Heaven and earth calls us tonight. And this is where Yeshua brings us in Revelation chapter 8. It says, Now when the Lamb, when Yeshua opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Who opened the seal of the last days? Yeshua opens the seal of the last days. A lot of people focus on the silence in heaven. The better focus here is that it was the Lamb who did that. Now when the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about a half an hour. And then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden incense burner. He was given much incense to offer up, along with the prayers of all the Kedeshim, upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the Kedeshim, the holy ones, rose before God from the angel's hand. I think we're going to finish tonight with that praise of the Amidah and let it rise up toward heaven. I really sense that that praise in the Amidah, praise to you, O Lord, who blesses the years, is going to be the beginning point of some folks in this congregation here tonight in this wonderful experience of His Word and His Spirit that we're having here tonight and that's overflowing to every place live stream. God is going to give us an experience tonight where we know, God, you're the one who blesses this next year, and I'm going to keep my focus on the blessings first. So heaven and earth calls us to praise Him tonight. And heaven and earth compels us. Let's go to chapter 10, verses 5 through 7. And then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand toward heaven. And he swore by the one who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, and the earth and what is in it, the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, which he is about to trumpet the shofar, the mystery of God is completed, just as he declared to his servants, the prophets. What's happening in heaven right now and what's going on in earth right now compels us to hear the voice of God this year. May He hear our voice begin with praise. And then finally, in Yeshua, this Lamb, heaven and earth completes us. Chapter 11, verses 15 through 17 in the book of Revelation say, And then the seventh angel trumpeted again, 
And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of this world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of His anointed one, Yeshua, and He shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and they worshiped God saying, We thank you, Adonai Elohei Savaot, who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. And then there's a vision that takes place. Let's stand together, shall we? There's a vision that begins to take place. Something happens in heaven. And then the temple of God in heaven was opened. And the ark of his covenant, everybody say, ark of his covenant. Some of you got it right. And the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. And there were flashes of lightning and rumblings and clashes of thunder and an earthquake and heavy hail. Some people always wanted to know, where did the Ark of the Covenant go when the temple was destroyed? Well, despite the popularity of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's not where Harrison Ford found it. We will see the Ark of the Covenant again. Why is that so important? Because it's in God's Word that we find our way. This year, let us sprout up with Sukkot. Be here for Sukkot. Look at the blessings around you. Look at the sukkah. Look out through the top of it. Be here. I miss Beth Hillel's sukkah every year. Be here. Walk in it. And when you get into the middle of it, look out into the sky. It's designed to do that. It's always been like that. Why? Because God is calling us to sprout our soul up toward heaven. Are you looking up toward heaven tonight? Let us do that with Sukkot. And then let us blossom on earth with Simkat Torah. Be here for Simkat Torah. Love dancing. I don't want you to do this at Beth Hillel because it's more dangerous than it is where we live in Florida. But we literally dance with the Torah out the front door into the highway and begin to pray that the rabbi doesn't get run over. And out of that urgency, when I come back off the highway, out of that urgency, we're all happy to live another year and be ready to read the Word of God again. Are you reading the Word of God for yourself? That's where you're going to hear the voice of God. The title of this message at the end again is what it was at the beginning. Blessings. Let's pray. Praise to you, O Lord. Gracious giver of wisdom. Praise to you, O Lord, who desires Teshuvah. Praise to you, O Lord, who forgives abundantly. Praise to you, O Lord, who redeems your people, Israel. Praise to you, O Lord, who heals your people, Israel. Praise to you, O Lord, who blesses the years. Will you say that blessing with me? Repeat after me. Praised are you, O Lord, who blesses the years. Let's say it again. Praised are you, O Lord, who blesses the years. Father, may every soul 
in this wonderful sanctuary tonight and every soul listening around the world tonight know that this year holds great blessings. Let that be the praise of the year. Let's turn the tide of people's attitudes. Let's turn the tide of our own minds. Praised are you, O Lord, who blesses my year. In Sukkot and Simkat Torah, in all the days of my life. If you don't know Yeshua as your Messiah tonight, He will take you to the wide open space of eternity. I know there were four civilians. I, I can see rockets take off by my driveway in Florida. And I know there were four civilians who went up in a rocket and they're going around the earth tonight. But if you don't know, you sure is your Messiah. Listen to this. He will raise you up above the earth and beyond the moon and beyond the solar system. And he will take you to wide open places that you've never known before and you can't get to yourself. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father, forgive my sins. Thank you for the day of atonement where you provided atonement for us in Yeshua's blood. And now thank you for this day where you become my leader, my master, my Lord. I trust my heart to you and my body to you. As in Adon Olam, you will raise us up. From this moment forward, Yeshua, I will follow you. Let's give him praise in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.com. Org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.